0: Roger Sarn. All right, so welcome back to the Roger Sarn podcast, and I'm your host, Sarn Cruz, and today we're going to be talking about pros and cons of joining the Army. So again, just like always, I don't want to waste your time, so let's go ahead and get started. So let's knock out the cons first. First con that I came up with is being away from your family. Now, being away from your family can be dis- difficult for the first time because, for the most part, really nobody wants to be away from the family. However, I would argue that if you were to be away from your family, you would probably be do you'll probably do better at a younger age versus an older age. And I say that only because the older you get, the harder it is for you to adapt. Um, either way, it can it can be very scary to leave. Um your nest for the very first time. So either or, it's still going to be a rough period. But yeah, being away from your family's number one. So number two is rework. And if you don't know what rework is, it's doing something and then having to do it again. And your opinion is for no reason. So for instance, a lot of times, um, what happens is communication gets lost between your leaders and the leaders telling them what to do, and then they tell you what to do. So if you get a task, and then another leader says, you know what, <sighs> it's not really how, how I want to do it. We're going to do it this way. Um, all that is a big word salad, so let me just give you an example. So one time while we were in Poland, we were establishing our motor pool. And when we were establishing the motor pool, our leader decided that he wanted the vehicles facing a certain way. So we parked all the vehicles facing that way that we were told. Then later on in the day, another leader that's on top of him, obviously, says, you know what? I eh, don't really like the way that that looks. So what I want to do is I want them facing the opposite way. So we were like, "Bruh," <laughs> like, honestly, this happens time in and time out. And it's just something you can't you can't get away from because everyone has an idea of how they want it, how they want something done. And another thing is sometimes you see things, like for instance, if you're in your house and you redecorate and you redo your room and you say, mm, I really don't like that. I thought it looked better. In my in my head, it looked better, but now I don't like it, so let's redo it. So imagine that, but on a level that you're doing all the grunt work, right? The ideas are not coming from you. So it, it's kind of frustrating. Um, another thing... Number three is going to be freedom of expression. So, you know, you have social media and all that stuff and so many outlets that soldiers can get on, but the Army has adopted to those social media platforms and they've created regulations and published them that kind of keeps the soldiers from using them in in a negative way. I'll give you an example of a time that freedom of expression got someone in trouble now I was stationed in Germany as I told you guys before I was stationed there for a long time the last time I was stationed there there was a spouse so uh, apparently something happened with a soldier and soldier came home you know they communicate with their family and spouse was like you know what I don't really like that so spouse went on one of these spouse pages and she just tore she just went on a rant and one of these spouses, or these leader spouses was probably on the page or something. I can't give you the exact um, thing that happened, right? But I do know the end result. And the end result was her getting eroded from Germany back to America because she posted something speaking negative of his leadership. Now, e is just early return of dependent. It's typically like if something happens and my wife has to go back to America in order to take care of something, but she's going to stay, right? But this is what happened. So freedom of expression is very limited. Another thing that you can do is do any type of political or any type of interviews in uniform because at the end of the day, it gives a kind of like a uh, perceived notion that you are representing the army. So whatever comes out of your mouth, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it's still going to represent the army if you're wearing the uniform. Um, number four, uh, everyone is your boss. And what do you mean by that, Sergeant Cruz? I mean, there are so many individuals in the army, right? And even myself as a Sergeant first class, there's someone above me. And there's many others that are equal to them that are also above me. And general military authority gives those individuals who are above rank of myself to be able to make corrections to anything that I'm doing, as long as it's not illegal and ethical or immoral, they can make these corrections. So take that and you scale it back all the way down to the lowest level. When you're a troop and you're a junior leader, right, between private and specialist, so three, 134 could you imagine how many sergeants, staff sergeants, sergeant first classes there are in your immediate area? So every everyone is technically your your boss because they all have general military authority. Uh, an example of this could be maybe you're used to talking to your leader and you you've already come past the point of of, of the customs and courtesy and they feel comfortable with you and they'll be like, you know what? You don't have to stand that parade rest. Now another leader could come by and perceive that like, you know what, I'm I'm not really digging that. And especially if they're in your support channel in your unit they can just give a blast, like a, a, a cast a big shadow, and be like, you know what? I want from the ground up everyone to stand at parade rest when they're talking to to, to their leaders because it's, it's standards and discipline are, are are not good around here right now, and I don't really like it. Um, so that's, that's a a form of everyone's your leader and general military authority and just anyone that's in your support channel that sees something going wrong, they can make that correction. So pretty much you don't have to adhere to the standards just when you're around your, your footprint. If you're caught, let's say you're at the PX and you have your hands in your pocket and, or your haircut is not with within regulations or something, and some sergeant major or some first sergeant or some some leader comes by and and calls your attention, and they're not even in your company, but they have general military authority. So that's another thing that you have to understand. Next thing is going to be mass punishment. Um, have you ever gotten like, <laughs> have you ever gotten an ass whooping because of something that your sibling did? It's the same shit here, especially like in basic training, that's going to happen a lot, but it's, it's like that. And, and that's what a lot of people say. It's an old school mentality, right? Just, just going and doing a mass blast shotgun to everyone. And therefore you don't have to just address that one individual, or it could be perceived as if I punish everyone for this thing, then no one else will do it. Whatever the thought process is, it still goes on in the army. And I mean, I don't know how long it'll take for it to go away, if it'll ever go away. But it's something you got to think of. I remember one time, um, one of our troops, uh, I was in Germany at this time. I think I was still in, uh, actually it was my first duty station. One of our troops got a DUI on a Saturday, so Saturday going into Sunday, so everyone's out, not everyone, but the majority of the people are out doing their thing, and we get the call, and you know the leaders are not going to stop calling. You can turn, you can turn your ringer off, or you can do whatever but someone's going to get in, in contact with you. And they called a, I don't remember what time. It could have been 3, 4 in the morning. It, 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 was, it was early morning on a Sunday, and we all had to come in 100%. Command, the command team said, everyone's coming in. And we couldn't leave until we had our formal formation of everyone that was able to be there. Like if they were on leave or something like that, well, those were okay. But those individuals who were able bodies. Had to be there, and we did not get to go home until that happened. So those are the five cons at the, of joining the army. So let's move into the pros. Let's um let's put some jelly on this on this uh, sandwich. So the first pro that I came up with is, are the military benefits, and there's so many. I mean, medical if you're a soldier. Any, I mean, you have to have any procedures. You go see your doctor. You go see your PA. You get referrals. All of that stuff is on the Army's dime. Obviously, you sweat and break your back for it. Got it. But all that stuff is on the Army's Army's dime. And 8 out of 10, if not 9 times out of 10, if you go to an off-post establishment, they're going to accept TRICARE. So if you have to go to an emergency room and you don't feel like going on post to do it, then you can go ahead and go to one of these facilities and still get get taken care of on the army's dime. The same thing extends to your dependents. If you have a spouse, if you have child, a child or children, they also get this that same care. Also, you have post 9/11, you know, the GI bill and stuff like that, anything with school, they you you get that for free. The post nine eleven, I believe it was uh, 36, 37 months that you get and you can transfer it to your spouse. You can transfer it to your child so you don't have to be the one to use it, right? I transferred it to my spouse, for instance. I didn't transfer it to my child because my child doesn't go to college for another, at this time, for another seven, eight years. So I, I my thought process was if I'm making enough money and my spouse gets a degree and she makes enough money, then we can afford to pay for said college that my son may go to and plus the army is always making changes at one time you can just transfer your your, your gi i mean yes your post 9-11 you can just you can just transfer it as soon as you came in now you got it It came to a time that you had to wait until you were 10 years in the army and now you gotta wait two years like it's so it's it's so iffy that i just decided hey we decided you use it and then we'll just worry about everything on the back end and for for those of you who are giving your spouse or child their nine eleven while you're in the army, you can still get a degree because you have TA while you're in the army. Um, you have all sorts of uh, all sorts of bonuses when you when you join the army. Like my I got a bonus for joining the army. My first reenlistment, I got a bonus. I got a bonus. My last reenlistment. Like I've always received some type of monetary uh, value for enlisting. Um, you get allowances like bh and stuff like that um you can when i'm sorry yeah so when you um retire that's a huge benefit you know you get tricare for life after you retire and let's not even talk about i forgot about military discounts (laughs) like you get military discounts everywhere i'm talking about car rentals phone service yeti gives it nike gives it Foot Locker, Carhartt, Kohl's. I mean, there's so many places that give military discounts. You just have to ask. Um, and don't be shy to ask. Don't be shy. At first, I used to be shy, but, you know, I i, I learned, man. That's 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 the way of life. Um, another one is number two. Pro number two is going to be stability. Um, You join the Army, and you're going to sign either a two- to six-year contract, and you know that you're going to have a job during that time. Barring any major incidents, like you get in trouble or something like that to the that's so severe that the army's going to kick you out or something like that. But or you get um, an MEB, which is a medical evaluation board, which is you are unhealthy or not healthy enough to continue service. But even then, they'll take care of you. Like They'll pay you something and then you will get some type of stipend on the back end. Right. But like, you know, you're going to have a job you know exactly what your check is going to be whether you take a day off to go with the family to go do some type of um, appointment you have to go to the your child's school pa pt not pt meetings. uh pa meetings parents meetings and stuff like that like you know what your check is going to be you no know, i remember in i think 2011 i think it was i think i i know for sure there was a recession in 2007 and 8 but in 2011 there was a there was something going on with the budget And a lot of individuals that were on the civilian side had to take a check or two that they had to eat until until that budget was released. Me, I got paid. The Army, we got paid. So we were able to take care of ourselves and our families. So stability, I think is huge to be honest with you. Um, Another thing is uh, leadership development. At a young age, like as soon as you come in the Army, let's say you came in at 18. Um, it's going to take you, a, it takes an average about two years to make specialists, right? You can make it in a year and some change. But let's say you were on the back on on, on the long end and it takes you about two years to make it. At two years, for sure, you're going to be in charge of a team. So that's two to three individuals plus yourself. You're going to be charged with tasks to complete And then you and your team are going to do it. And once you guys are done with that task, right, and then you move on to the next one. But that team is going to be directed by you. You're kind of like going to be orchestrating everything. And this is something that the Army focuses on. The Army creates leaders. That's bottom line leaders. Leadership development, huge in the Army. Pro number four, traveling in America. So, what I, what I do notice is not many people leave their state, their city, or even their town. So the army provides you with that opportunity. Like as soon as you're joining the join the army, you're gonna leave your cities. You're gonna leave your city for sure. You if, if you join somewhere that already has a basic training, you might stay in your state, but typically you're gonna go somewhere. So off the bat, they're gonna take you away from the family. And they're gonna put and they're gonna take you somewhere and then they're gonna put you in a place in which you are gonna to have to fend for yourself. But at the same time, when you get there, you're gonna have opportunities for travel. Not in basic training, but when you get to AIT, you can go all you can go out, you can go explore the the town, and definitely when you get to your new unit. So it's gonna provide you with the opportunity of just traveling America, and once you leave your 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 state or the nest, if you will, you're gonna be more apt to go places. A lot of people go back home, got it. But that that traveling mentality starts kicking in. And be like, okay, I went back home this time, but what am I gonna do next time? And a lot of times when you when when you leave your hometown, you're gonna to learn to be more diverse as an individual, right? Because you're gonna be experiencing cultures and others way of life. And at the end of the day, I think this is my humble opinion that this expands your horizons and helps you deal with the world or at least see the world in a different lens that you wouldn't see if you were just in your area and around the same like-minded peoples. Uh, last but not least, Army schools. Actually, yeah, Army schools. You get a, a once in a lifetime experience. Like, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say why. Not many people just willingly jump out of airplanes or repel from helicopters. And if you do take that experience, you're probably going to have to pay for it. In the Army, that's completely free. I mean, if you choose to do so and you qualify and you get through the school, yeah. Plus, let's say you go you do complete your airborne training and you do arrive to an airborne unit. So if you're on airborne status, you get paid an allowance every month for jumping, you know? So let's say you don't want to do none of these high-speed schools. Let's say my my guy that I'm thinking about right now is an IT specialist. Guess what the Army does? They send you to SEC plus school, right? And that's huge, especially for, for, for IT guys. A lot of individuals that I know are studying for that course right now. Uh, if you're in the medical field, they have healthcare administrators course. I mean, there's so many courses that you can take within your MOS, but these are um, the top five pros and top five cons that I think you should have in your mind when you think about joining the Army. Okay, so as I said, I'm not going to waste you guys' time anymore. I appreciate you guys for joining me at the Rogers Arm Podcast. Um, again, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, potentially TikTok. Uh, like, subscribe, download leave a review, leave a comment. It's going to help me out. It's going to help bring more um, content to the podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, and you have any ideas or any subjects that you want me to cover, you can reach me at rogersorrent at gmail.com. And remember, you don't have to embrace the suck if you got the right tools in your up. I'm out. Roger Sartre.